Welcome to Time for Change with Dr. Michelle, where we bring inspiring real life stories of success and transformation, tips and tools to turn your life around no matter where you are at. I'm your host, Michelle Rosen. Hello and welcome to episode six of Time for Change, where we talk about the power of making those changes that transform our lives and all the tips, tools, and inspiration to turn your life around no matter where you are at and getting you from where you are to where you choose to be. We have a wonderful and very inspiring guest today with us, Rusty McDonald. Rusty is a multi-book author, speaker, and a full-time single mom. She lives in the Gulf Coast of Florida with her daughter and two small dogs. Rusty is internationally known for sharing her harrowing story of abuse, poverty, and rape. She continues to inspire people all over the world to find gratitude even in the darkness. Tune in and join me today as I talk to Rusty about how she found inspiration, how she found hope, and how she made the choices that turned her life around. Welcome to the podcast, Rusty McDonald. I'm your host, Michelle Rosen. So welcome, Rusty McDonald, to Time for Change. I'm so happy to have you with us. Just a few words about you before we even start. You have such an amazing personal journey that absolutely amazed me, coming from severe poverty, rape, and abuse, and homelessness, and yep. then coming to a point of being an author to nine published books. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not weird. It's just amazing. And all the things that you do. And I can't wait to hear from you because this is so related to everything that I talk about when it comes to taking charge of your life and growing from the pains of life into a place of growth. So first of all, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I was really excited to get your email. I'm very happy to have you. So tell me a little bit about your journey and where you came from. I grew up in Southern Florida on the East Coast, went to college in Vermont, was in foster care in Vermont, we built a house in Maine with my ex-husband, bad toxic marriage, had a child and came back to Florida, which was an interesting twist because I call it the crazy eights. If you look at the map, it really is. <laughs> it's an ampersand, really. So when, when you call it the crazy eights, why the crazy eights? Well, I think we don't realize that we always end up coming back to where we started. Okay. And okay. it was kind of a crazy, crazy road to come back here. And that's a very long story. For some reason, everyone that I ran across in a five-year span lived in this area or they rented in this area, or this particular town was, it just kept coming up in every everyday conversation, sweatshirts in New Hampshire would say Inglewood, Florida. I don't believe in coincidence. I, right. I believe that there's a message, there's something to this. Right. Um, and so I ended up moving back to Florida. I think you said something amazing that has so much to do with so many feelings of being stuck in life versus taking charge and leading your life where you want it to go. You said going in eights and going back to the same places we were in already. Where else in your life would you say that you were going in eights? I think it's really interesting if you were to sit back and look at the delicious nature of humans. We are a dichotomy. We are a sack of fluid. We are confusion and beauty and pain all in this one little moment. 
30 seconds is all you need to really experience all of those things. As I journey through my path, I realized that I married my mother. I married into a relationship that was just as toxic and as abusive as my childhood. Right. And when I got out of that relationship, I didn't know enough about who I am or the strength of who I could be to not fall into poverty. Right. So it's a constant going back to who you are, getting grounded, figuring out what different approach can you take to the same situation so that you can change it. And so I find that humans do that a lot. I do it a lot as an individual. I call it the cosmic two by four. God loves to smack me with it and really hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's a reality, but consciously, we don't talk about it enough. We don't talk about coming back into your center and into your beginning. We don't talk about the reality of what life is. We busy ourselves with a fast food climate. We're constantly going, going, going. We're constantly filling our lives up with stuff. Right. And we forget that we have to pull back and say, oh, I've done this a million times. <laughs> Maybe I should take a left turn this time instead of a right. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And tell me about a moment in your life that you look back on and you say, this was a moment when I realized that I'm going in eights and that I need to do something different. Because, you know, when we go in eights, for the most part, we don't realize that our life story cycle around the same circles. We do the same things over and over again. And Hopefully, there's a moment of just realizing that, wait a minute, this is all more of the same, more of the same. I need to make different choices. Like you said, take a left for a change. Do you recall of a moment when this kind of hit you? The most pivotal moment of my life, I was told I had 72 hours to live. Okay. I was very sick, and I'm lying in the hospital bed. I have tubes and wires, and I had just had Chloe. Now, mind you, I couldn't have children. I miscarried and she was a miracle. She was actually my flu. I didn't even think that I was pregnant. I took 12 pregnancy tests to finally wrap my head around it. Right. So I'm lying on the bed. She's in my lap and I can't breastfeed at this point because they have me doped up with all kinds of stuff. And my ex-husband was sitting next to me as the doctor was telling me that they had to perform an emergency surgery because I was going septic. I was dying. Yeah. I had blockage and blah, blah, blah. And he was angry that this was making him late for his meeting. Okay. And it really struck me that the person who I'm married to, who's the father of my child, who loves me, is more concerned about his meeting than he was whether or not I was going to make it through the surgery. And it reminded you of other situations in your life. And it really pushed me to a breaking point of, is this what I want? Is this what I want for my daughter? And it brought me back to the place of insecurity that I had throughout my whole childhood because there was nothing I could ever do good enough for my birth mother. And anything that I did do, I can't sing, I can't dance, I can't do this. It's just constant, you're never going to be anything. You're going to be pregnant when you're 14, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that was when I realized that I had to shape up I had to get good with myself because I'm now responsible for this little tiny person that's in my lap, right. <laughs> which right. is kids blow your mind. I, they're the most amazing thing to watch, <laughs> I think. But knowing that I was in a toxic situation and I had to get really good with myself and brave and strong because now it's not about me anymore. It's about us. It's about her. 
And do I want her to be constantly surrounded by that kind of conversation? So I started sneaking therapy, mm-hmm. started writing. This, that was my first draft of my biography it happened in that time period. Right. And it just started cutting the ties, learning, educating myself and cutting the ties that no longer served who I was becoming or who I wanted to be. Did you have a role model at the time? Growing up, you're describing, you're sort of going through some very heavy duty situations in your life. And I notice, I'm just noticing between us that I'm very careful not to go there because I don't think you're going there. I think you're going into that place of growth, that place of, so you're moving away from that. I'm moving away from that with you. I had a foster parent who was very good at bringing spiritual authors and books and things like that, like Tony Robbins. You know, stuff like that. I think universally, deep inside me, there's this really amazing person who attracts really amazing people at the right time. Right. And so, though most of my life has been very lonely in the sense of not having that kind of support system that we think everybody has, for some reason, the right people show up at the right time. And just spark that, okay, I'm going to take one more step. Right. Things happen, and because I've seen such darkness, right? when the light happens, it's like, oh, whoa, I feel like a kid, you know, going to Disney World or Christmas. Describe to me what light is when you say coming from darkness, and I get what the darkness is. I, I don't get it in the sense of I'm not you, and only you know what you've experienced, but I get the sense from what you're saying that it's very dark, that it's very challenging, that you're coming from a place where you don't matter. You have not enough weight to matter in a situation where your life isn't under threat and you've just had a baby. And you, so, yeah. so you're describing, I get the darkness part. Now yeah. talk to me about what you described as, wow, it's light, it's Christmas. Talk to me about a moment where you said, wow, that is light, that is Christmas, that's amazing. Okay. You know, it's for me, it's the little things like I'll, I'll have to go to the laundromat for some obscure reason. I have no money at all. Yeah. And all of a sudden, $10 just appears out of the dryer. Right. It's, whoa, that's light. I needed that $10 for gas. And it just showed up. It just yeah. showed up. Yeah. One of the things that drives my daughter crazy, which is really kind of funny because you and I as adults, we can appreciate this, but I'll walk through the grocery store and all of a sudden just some random stranger will walk up to me and give me their whole life story. They'll cry. I'll hug them and they go their way and I go mine. And my daughter just goes, how come this happens all the time? And and I think it's just because I needed to be there at that time for that person. Right. I don't need their story. I don't, I don't need any of that. So for me, that's lights. It's the moments in which we stop in our fast food world and our busy pace and really get gut punched and in a positive way. There are times where I will pay for somebody's groceries because I know they need it. They don't need to know who I am. They don't need to know who paid for what. Right. But people have done that for me. And that's the light that I look for. Those are the situations that keep me going. I love it. It's like my heroine. <laughs> when I see those things, I just get yeah. so excited. I think I know what your light is. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this is how I'm reading into the situation. I think your light is, could it be? I'm going to ask you because you you would know. Could it be situations where 
you are the one that is able to be for other people what you did not have. Oh, absolutely. One right? Absolutely. Yeah. When I experience that in other people, it renews my faith in humanity. Right. And that allows me to keep being what I couldn't get. So it's I'm- incredible. It's incredible because throughout your story, what you're describing is your moment of shifting was the moment you could be there for your daughter. That gave you the initial strength. And then when you described to me, I was listening to you describing, you gave different examples of what is light for you versus darkness. And light is when you can position yourself as somebody who has the power to reach out to someone else and hear someone else and be there for someone else. And I think it's the essence of everything that you're describing, how you got yourself from a place of focusing. I'm also looking at the dynamics of our conversation where you are consistently insisting, and I admire that about you, consistently insisting on focusing on the light, on the place of you as a leader, as as someone who has charge over her life versus what you call the darkness. And I'm very curious. I have to ask you this because I keep thinking about that foster parent with the Tony Robbins, with the, tell me a little bit about that foster parent. It it ended, the relationship ended. I think relationships, they have a certain longevity. Yeah, of course. Towards the end, the relationship was turning into, I'm not doing what she wanted me to do. I wasn't good enough for her. And I was wearing too much makeup. And it was a turning into a, a critical point where right. as I'm shifting myself away from that, yeah. I had to let that go. Right. Um, it was becoming very unhealthy. It was yeah. becoming unhealthy for my daughter. And at the end of the day, it's always going to be her first. Right. <laughs> and I think for the period of time that she was influential, it was very valuable for my personal growth. It was great. And then I'm very grateful for her, but we all grow and we shed and that was a shedding time and I think it's really important when you can shed parental roles and be really good with that if that makes sense it absolutely makes sense and the growth process that you're describing I'm curious I keep thinking about stations in your life and as someone who also it's fascinating it's a fascinating you're telling a fascinating story and I'm thinking about the first book you published How did that work for you? How did you feel? How did that happen? That is one of those moments where I really took a hold of life's roller coaster. If you read any of my work, you'll see that I talk about the roller coaster a lot. And white knuckle life. We're like this. Oh my God. Uh," You know, and that's how I spent most of my life because that's what abuse does. You make excuses for your abuser. You make excuses for your behavior. You apologize and you might knuckle everything. As I'm going through this process of healing my body, finding out that I have a disease, finding out that the reason why I lost my children were because of this disease, all of this stuff, you know, just life stuff, and raising this amazing kid, she's a hot ticket, detaching from my relationships. So I'm all in this really amazing cocoon Right. right. Like my elbows hanging out the side of the cocoon. And right. And fingers, you know, I'm like in this place where I'm almost there. And a woman had reached out to me about the time when I decided I was leaving my ex-husband and asked me to do a TV show, a little snippet on the power of one. 
the power of one plays a lot in my story. Everywhere I go, there's shops that pop up in random towns that I never would have normally gone to. Like, so this is important. And it's back to, I don't believe in coincidence. So the night before I was to tape this TV show, my ex-husband, I handed him the divorce papers. We're good. Like, we're just, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And he he faked a heart attack. Okay. (laughs) You know, so I brought him to the hospital and and he's got, you know, he does have some heart issues, um, but not quite that dramatic. And I left him overnight in the hospital and I took care of the kids and I went to my TV show airing and it was very empowering and very sad because for the first time in 17 years or however many years it was that we were together, I didn't think of him once. So I was fully detached at that point is is the purpose. And I was really, really good with the fact that this is where I'm going. Yeah. So two or three years later, the director of that TV show reached out to me and asked me to co-author with her and a few other amazing, mean, amazing women. And that was my first book. And it was very humbling and very scary and very exciting. I felt like a a third grader (laughs) going going to your dance on Friday or whatever. And it was eye opening that this really could be a possibility that people really do want to hear my story and and appreciate the path. It was very humbling. I think it's, it is exciting. And, and it's, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible how you took that and leveraged that into more books and more books. I can't stop thinking about what you call the power of one. Tell me exactly what is the power of one? The power of one is a spiritual concept that it just takes one person to start a ripple effect. At that time period, I was teaching and coaching on celiac disease, which is the disease that I ended up having that caused all the complications. And at that time, nobody really understood what celiac disease was or that it was autoimmune or a lot of misinformation. So I was able to go out and kind of stand up and say, you know, wheats and everything, it's in your shampoo and your laundry detergent. So if you're still having symptoms, this is why we need to be very careful. And so that was the power of one TV show that I was on. I was talking about celiac disease. Then when I started venturing down here (laughs) to Florida, there's a power of one store filled with a whole bunch of amazing healers. Amazing. Shamans, Reiki practitioners, spiritual, very deeply spiritual people. And so I was like, whoo, okay. (sighs) Okay, I'm getting the message, right? And it just, uh, the power of one pops up all the time. There was a radio show, the power of one that I was on a couple of years back. And it's an idea of taking your adversity and trying to, or effectively helping somebody else. And and I love it. I wear it like my little Superman <laughs> logo because it's true. I, I see it quite often. So the power of one is your light. It is the my light. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's my gasoline. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we just, we just defined it in one sentence that the power of one, the ability to position yourself as someone who from the place of whatever it is that's on their plate, whatever they had to deal with, they always have 
the power to reach out to someone else, to make a difference for someone else. I'm thinking about that foster parent too, even if that relationship ended up happening in that, at that specific time, she made a difference for you by role modeling one aspect, maybe not the other aspect, but one aspect that made a difference for you and shed light in one way for you. I think that, first of all, you are absolutely light. You are absolutely making a difference before anything else. I think in the way that you handled everything that was on your plate. And just for me, sometimes when I talk to people, it more than the words is the dynamics. That's just my thing. I look at dynamics more than I look at words. And the way you are shifting the conversation away from pain, away from the past. I don't think I've ever encountered anybody who is so disengaged with past talk, even though they could be talking about their past all the time, and very much focused on now and to the future. I think it's amazing. And I wish for you to keep spreading light wherever you go. I I just think that you will just keep growing and growing and growing. And I think you're also an amazing role model for your daughter. She's very lucky. Thank you. She's, she's my role model. She's just, oh my God, she's blossomed into such a cool little turkey. <laughs> but I want to, I want to step back and, and say that part of what people misunderstand, I think, and I'm all about teaching and educating because you can't, you don't know what you don't know until you know, right? Of course. But I spent the majority of my life disassociating or compartmentalizing my private life with my public life. Right. So I worked for a company for five years and the secretary, the head secretary, who I talked to every day, went to lunch, you know, we went and had wine after work, that kind of thing, never knew I was married. Right. And that's, that's a perfect survival tactic for people who have been severely abused. Right. So one day, and this is really kind of a real eye opener, it's another cosmic two by four. I get them a lot, you know, I was teaching a class. It was an adult education class on celiac disease and, and how to cope and recover from being recently diagnosed. And at the time, we had very, very little information. And so here I am, a resource, and I'm so excited. I have a full classroom. And this woman broke down and cried and screamed at me that I don't know a bleeping thing about what she's going through. How could I? I'm so happy. So I finished class. And, you know, going through stuff is really hard and people react differently. So I wasn't offended by her, but it did make me want to think about her perception. And I don't really care about what people think. It doesn't bother me. But this irked me a little bit because why would she not think I can't relate or empathize or have compassion for her journey? I'm not walking her journey. Yes, I understand. But what is that about? And that was a time period in which I realized I had to be authentic, not just business. That's the power of vulnerability so that you can touch people authentically. Yes. And I denize because in no way, shape or form did I want to not be authentic. I, I'm just so used to being business professional and not talking about my personal life because, you know, our generation is a generation where you keep that stuff at home. Right. right, right. And that's when I started blogging and doing my radio show and just really standing in the middle of New York City, butt naked. And here are my scars. And I put hearts on my scars. And I 
share every aspect of me. And some people get very offended by it. They're like, oh, that's too much information. You shouldn't share that. Right. And I have learned over the years that oversharing in certain circumstances is absolutely a positive way to build a foundation so that somebody else can step up. I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And I have to tell you, as we wrap this up, I have to tell you that I salute you. I hug you. I think that you are amazing. And what you said about figure eights was amazing. And what you said about light versus darkness is amazing. And more than anything, what you just said about going to a place that you didn't want to go to, that painful place that keeps you authentic on the one hand, but on the other hand, makes you face things in your past or share things in your past that you for a long time preferred not to. And yet you've decided to do that in order to be authentic, in order to be a light in this world, in order to make a difference is just amazing. So I hug you and I salute you and you're amazing. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Rusty McDonald, for sharing your inspiring story with us. I think that what I personally took from the talk with you was your continuous effort not to dwell on the past and your choice to look forward with courage and confidence in yourself and in your abilities. Rusty, you have said to me, I have lived a challenging life but have grown into this person I never thought was possible. Well, I think that you are absolutely amazing. Challenges are a given. Our growth is optional. You have certainly seized every opportunity to grow, Rusty, and you are an inspiration to all of us. Thank you for joining me today, everyone. And don't forget, change and challenge are constant. Growth is optional. It is in our hands.